Welcome back. At the time of this interview, Major League Baseball and the Players Association had yet to agree on their labor disputes. This means not only is spring training still delayed, but the commissioner canceled the first two series of the season. Those games will not be made up and the players will not be paid. That is not fun. So we will continue our current trend of speaking with players who are getting ready for a season, the amazing minor leaguers. I am Grayson Knight, and this is Baseball Podcasts Are Fun. Today, I have a super special guest. Not only is my guest a pitcher in my favorite baseball organization, the Rays, he also happens to have a scary story with what appears to be a happy ending. Please welcome to today's show, Tyler Zombro. Hi, Tyler. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being on the show. Tyler, my dad and I talked a lot about what happened to you last year, which we will talk about later, but he made a great point. He said you aren't just a guy that had an accident. You also have a story about your journey to where you are today. Can you start by telling me and my listeners about your background? Where did you grow up playing? So I grew up in Stanford, Virginia. Um, I went to a small high school there, uh, went to George Mason University, played there for four years. I actually was a non-drafted free agent. Uh, so I actually began uh, working in the real world after I was undrafted. Uh, I then signed with the Rays in July of 2017. Uh, I have been playing in the Rays organization ever since then. Uh, and I also have been working a full-time job as well ever since then. What types of activities outside of baseball were you doing when you were my age? Oh, man. Well, trying to solve Rubik's Cubes is one of those. So uh, you can pencil that one in. But I, I always played a ton of basketball growing up. Um, basketball was honestly one of my first passions. I enjoyed the, the strategic aspects to it. I enjoyed the angles, um, you know, thinking a few steps ahead. Uh, so really basketball, baseball, and then, of course, school. Um, I went to governor school in high school as well. So I had a lot on my plate academically but school and then sports. Uh, did you uh, grow up like wanting to play basketball like you did for baseball? I did. Um, as soon as I realized that, you know, I was only six feet tall and pretty unathletic, the, the basketball dream quickly died down. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did, I did love basketball nearly as much as baseball, but of course with my physical skill set, I knew that basketball could not be my long-term journey. Did you know you or think when you were 12 that you wanted to grow up and play baseball for a living? I did. Uh, it's probably at age five or six, uh, I started to paint the picture of being a baseball player. Uh, and then really a lot of my actions after that have, have followed in accordance to, to try to tackle that goal. What made you stand out to some college coaches and why did you choose George Mason? So in terms of standing out to college coaches, I would say my overall makeup in terms of maturity, I was always a mature individual. Um, so having that in my background uh, likely helped and attracted me to schools. Uh, in terms of choosing George Mason, it was either George Mason uh, or Ivy League schools. Um, as I referenced, I went to governor school where I left high school with about 40 college credits. Uh, and so with that in mind, those credits would not transfer to an Ivy League. 
And then George Mason became the next best fit in terms of transferring those credits, academic, athletic balance. Uh, and at that point in time, George Mason had a pretty good history of, of getting guys into professional baseball. Uh, my dad got his under, undergrad at Marymount University, which is uh, like, I don't know, like not far from George Mason. Is that correct? That is correct. That's uh, that's in Arlington. So I was in Fairfax, but I've I've actually uh, I had been in the D.C. area from 2013 until 2020. I saw a video of you at school that said you want to do you wanted to do physical therapy or something else in medical school uh, in the medical field after college, right? That's correct. I was a I was a pre PT pre med major. Is that something you still want to do after baseball? No, not entirely. Uh, so the the current job that I work at integrates a lot of physical therapy concepts, uh, biomechanics, uh, obviously ball flight data, uh, but that's in terms of training athletes. So that application to the baseball field and training those guys is more so of my passion than taking it to the medical field uh, in isolation. Okay, I want to back up a second. At what point in college did you, did you think you professional baseball was going to be a possibility? I would say after my freshman year. Uh, so I had a pretty big impact as a freshman. Um, had a really good year. Uh, logged a lot of innings. Uh, was pretty pretty successful with that. So after my freshman year, you know, I really began to think that yeah, this is a strong possibility that I could I could play at the professional level and be successful. Can you tell us uh, about the moment you were contacted by the Rays to join their organization? Yeah, so it was one. Okay. Yeah, so the the day that that I was contacted by the Rays, uh, it was one of the first days of July. Um, I remember. I had just gone into work uh, thinking it was just another normal day. Uh, of course, this is a month after the draft, so I wasn't expecting any calls. I figured those would have happened, you know, the week after the draft or whatever, but unfortunately that hadn't happened. Uh, and I saw I had a missed call from Lou Wieben, who was the area scout for the Rays. Uh, I immediately had a suspicion of what it could be. Went outside real quick, called Lou on the phone. He said, hey, um, it's not a glamorous offer, but we do have a necessity to fill some pitching in the GCL. Would you be willing to sign a contract? And of course I said yes. And I was on a flight to Florida. I was on a flight to Florida the next day. I read that in 2019, after going undrafted, you pitched so well, you were honored by the Rays as the minor league relief pitcher of the year for your work in double and triple A. How great did that feel? And did you think you were on the steps of getting a call up to the majors at that point? Yeah, so in 2019, I definitely didn't think I would be in the big leagues that year. I thought 2020 was realistic. Um, you know, it, it felt uh, really good to be coming from a position of no leverage being a non-drafted free agent. I didn't have a signing bonus. I wasn't a prospect. Um, there, there really was no motivation behind the organization to support me. So in, in being named reliever of the year, uh, it added a little bit of that backing to support my journey. 
which which I greatly appreciated and certainly gave me the confidence that I could pitch in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said uh, 2020. Did uh, COVID, like, derail that? Uh, did you have any plans for that? Yeah, so I was in big league camp in 2020. And then, of course, COVID struck and we all went home. So at that point in time, you know, the season was kind of out of the question, had to figure out what to do next. Uh, And then I didn't go to the alternate side either. And then pitching in the big leagues in 2020 was no longer a possibility. If it's okay, I'd like to ask you about last June now, because I think that is something my teammates and I can learn from your experience. Is that okay? Sure. Some of our listeners may not be familiar with what happened to you. Simply put, you were beaten in the head by a comebacker during a game. Could you tell us what you remember happening? Uh, I don't don't remember anything. So um, I actually have five days of no memory. Um, So my only conscious thought is actually from about the the fifth inning of that game. Everything else uh, is is gone out of my memory bank. And uh, you've never seen the video, according to what what I've read, right? I have not. You know, I can I can put enough pieces together. Uh, Of course, being in the hospital, (laughs) I quickly discovered what had happened um, and I can piece together the context of knowing the plates, the screws, the epidural hematoma, the swelling on the brain, um, the seizure risk, things like that. So I quickly can piece together all the, again, with the medical background, everything that occurred. So uh, I, was, I was familiar with it all. I didn't, I didn't need to see the video. So you spent many months doing several types of rehab. Has this made you want to explore physical therapy more or less after baseball? And you talked about this before. Yeah, you know, I, I really appreciate those people. I think it, it definitely confirms me just working in the player development space. Um, being a PT in the type of scenario, like dealing with me certainly requires a lot of patience. Um, in terms of my personal desire, I don't care to be in the clinical setting with that. But again, I certainly appreciate their efforts uh, in rehabbing a TBI injury uh, and that goes from speech therapy to occupational therapy, physical therapy, uh, et cetera. Eric Osberg told, told us about your work with Tread last week. Can you tell us a bit about Tread Athletics and how this plays into your current or future plans? Yeah, so I, I'm full-time at Tread Athletics. I'm a performance coordinator there. Uh, Tread Athletics is the largest baseball training company in the world. We have 1,300 athletes, roughly 250 minor leaguers, and about 70 big leaguers. Uh, so we train all those guys. We're covering all aspects of their development from uh, their correctives, their pre-throwing, their lifting, mobility work, uh, nutrition, the whole nine yards, data, analytics. Um, so we work to help our athletes make the most of their careers. Uh, we're notorious for rewriting people's stories in their baseball journeys. Uh, and so that's what I do on a daily basis. Um, Long term, you know, I'm, I'm doing it full time while I'm playing. And then whenever I'm not playing, I'll be doing it full time then as well. But right now you're in Florida at minor league camp because you're resuming your career. Does it, do you view this as a comeback story? Yeah, certainly. Uh, there were, there was definitely a, 
a high percentage chance that I would never play again. Um, so to be back out there uh, is certainly a comeback journey. Uh, you know, for me, the, the comeback was really those initial months of rehab and just getting back into um, shape I needed to be in, in terms of my overall quality of life. So, you know, this, for me, this is just icing on the cake to be out on the field and, and to have the opportunity to pitch again. Is this something that you want or need to do? How much encouragement have you gotten from your family and the Rays? Yeah, so this is something I want to do, uh, and I want to do it because of because of those people around me who have pushed me and motivated me, like you touched on there with the Rays and teammates. Um, they've all been very supportive. The Rays were incredible in helping my family and I, my wife and I, as obviously we went through a lot. Um, and then my teammates, you know, allowing me to keep things in perspective all along to to push me to get back out on the field. Like I mentioned, I have a full-time job, uh, so stepping away from playing would not be a difficult transition uh, in terms of how my life functions. Uh, but again, making the most of, of my time to be able to play uh, and knowing to maximize on this opportunity. Have you gotten a big reception? Yeah, it's been... Uh, it's been a lot here in camp. Um, everybody's been been great, um, emotional at times, uh, but you know it just confirms those great relationships that we have here. Big picture, if you're if you are a hundred percent better, do you think this year or next year you get the phone call you're going to the bigs? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Obviously, there are a lot of moving pieces with the Rays. We have a lot of really talented players, a lot of people who are constantly going up and down, a lot of guys that get traded, a lot of guys DFA'd or claimed. Uh, so, you know, all I can do is just control my own destiny and, and see how the cards play. But, you know, I, I definitely like my odds here in the next couple of years. Tyler, I have these four questions that I ask at the end of the interview, but I'm going to change the first one for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. What are you doing for fun when you're not playing baseball? Is there a hobby you have or secret talent you work on? Like maybe doing the Rubik's Cube like you did back when you were little? Um, well, I haven't been solving Rubik's Cubes recently. Um, really, my hobby has become work and communicating with the athletes that I coach. Um, so really, that's that's a hobby to me is checking in with those guys that uh, I care so much about advancing their careers. Uh, so it's, you know, when, you, when you're really doing something you love, it's not always work. It can also be a hobby. Who is your all-time favorite player? Oh, man. Um, well, Barry Bonds, uh, even though, of course, there's a ton of controversy there. But uh, I'd say Barry Bonds. And then on the pitching end, um, growing up, growing up, I was definitely a big, Big Roy Holiday fan. Uh, uh, what uh, coincidence is uh, the question that we changed to the first question was, do you think uh, Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? And do you think, <laughs> do you think that they deserve to be? I do. I do. Um, I think it should be clarified that there was no uh, ban against steroids in certain eras of baseball. Uh, if you interview enough people on this podcast, uh, the old timers will tell you that there during a, a time in baseball, it was more common to be using steroids than not using steroids. 
Uh, and, you know, the Hall of Fame is, is about telling the history of Major League Baseball, right? And to not have Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds in, in there is, is a disservice to the game. Uh, the Hall of Fame is not a moral compass. David Ortiz had a positive test. Uh, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, you know, in my opinion, if you're going to be strict on it, if anybody's been accused of it, then if you leave them all out, certainly. Otherwise, uh, those guys should be in there. What is your favorite baseball movie? Uh, I loved The Sandlot growing up. Um, I think that was just like a fun one. You know, it's not super serious about the game, but but I always watched The Sandlot when I was young. That's a really good movie. I, I, I like that movie. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a good to, one. It's fun to watch like with a group of people. Exactly. Last one. What is your favorite baseball experience? This could be as a player or a fan. Uh, favorite baseball experience would be, uh, honestly, I would say, I would say when we won the A ball championship in the Midwest League, uh, that was a really fun group. Uh, as you probably know, if you follow the Rays system, a lot of us have played at uh, levels together over the past three to four years. So, um, you know, Fidel Brujan, Taylor Walls, mm-hmm. Moises Gomez was there. A lot of a lot of like the core guys who have risen through the organization together. So, you know, winning that title with them, that was such a close team. Uh, so I would say that's probably my favorite memory thus far. Tyler, I think you're amazing. You really are someone that me and my teammates can look up to. Someone who is willing to work hard for their dreams. Thank you so much for coming on here, making time for me today. Did you have fun? I sure did. Thank you for having me and and thank you for having all those questions prepped. I hope you come back in the future. That was a great interview. If you want to follow Tyler Zombro's career, you can check out his Instagram at T underscore Z-O-M-B-R 42. That's at T underscore Z-O-M-B-R 42. And to my listeners, you can continue to support my show by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify and my new YouTube channel, telling a friend and following at baseball podcasts are fun on Instagram. Please join me next week when we get crazy with some team ambassadors from the incredibly fun Savannah Bananas. Until then, I am Grayson Knight, and this was baseball podcasts are fun. Don't forget to sing to swing for the fences. See ya.